How's it going, everybody? We are back again for episode 10 of the Varsity Breakdown Podcast. I'm Daniel Guevara, and with me, as always, is Mr. Lupe Ramirez. And we got a lot to talk about uh, this week, uh, talking about some baseball and softball ending week three. And uh, how, how was the week going for you? It was pretty busy. Uh, four of our Power Six teams were, were in action this week. Um, well, actually, five of them were. So let's get into the action about softball. Last night, Casa Grande paid a visit to Vista Grande in a rivalry match where Vista Grande ended up winning 11-6 to in the final. And that uh, improves uh, Vista's record to 6-6-1 six, six, and one on the season. And it's good to uh, uh, see them back in the win column. Uh, they went out to California uh, this past weekend. Uh, that's what we talked about uh, in the last episode, uh, that they were getting ready to travel out there for a tournament. Uh, they ended up going 1-2 uh, and two in that tournament. Uh, you know, and I, I think uh, coming back, uh, they probably learned uh, a lot of things out there, you know, who, who they are as a team. And, you know, maybe that's something that they needed to put the pieces uh, together and uh, start heading in the winning direction. Yeah, definitely. There's still a plenty of time in this season for them to, to carry on and, and get into that mode where they can, you know, be nothing but impressive. Moving on to Casa Grande, their record drops to 1-7 and seven on the season so far. But that's a group that we don't have a whole lot of insight on right now. But I don't see them having too much of a struggle throughout the rest of the season. And if they do, you know, that's that's not something to be upset about. It's just something to, to build on for the next season. And then we can find out more about this coach and how long he's been there. And then, you know, get some interaction going uh, with that team. Definitely. Yeah, most definitely. You know, and, you know, it's a fairly new sport, a lot of new coach, uh, you know, coaches that we're meeting for the first time. And, you know, so it would be good to interact with uh you know, the Lady Cougars and their uh, their team and their coaches and, you know, kind of get a, what their vision is, you know, going uh, into this season and for the seasons to come. So, but yeah, it, um, one and sevens, you know, it's not the best start. Uh, but like you said, there's still plenty of time to turn it around. Like I said, uh, we've always said you got to go out there and play the game. You know what I mean? Uh, records don't mean nothing, you know, and we'll talk about why that's uh, so significant for two of our other teams uh, later on in the show. But, you know, you still got to go out there and play the game. No matter what, if a team is 0-100 and, and the other team's 100-0, you know, you still got to go out there, play the game. And if you lose, you lose, you know. You, those are, I think, the biggest things to build on are, you know, you learn the most from losses than you will winning all the time. I think the the you know hopefully they get it turned around and uh, we'll see in the um, you know this next week what what they can do. Yeah, and speaking of losses, we'll move on to our next team that had a couple of losses this past week. Um, Coolidge, uh, it's a team that's really struggling you know from the start, but uh, you know what? I'll I'll let you build on that. Uh, so uh, Coolidge uh, currently sits on zero uh, and five on the year. Um, they're a fairly young team. I only have three seniors. Uh, so, you know, that's a lot of, uh, positions. That's still six other positions you have to fill, uh, that are underclassmen. Uh, being that they're a young team, it's not totally surprising that they're struggling so far. I think they're still finding an identity of who they are, how they're going to incorporate all these, uh, underclassmen to, uh, help build a, a successful softball team. There's a couple of different ways you can look at it as far as what's hurting them uh, throughout their games. Each game, they've given up double-digit points. 
but they've only scored six runs in five games. And, you know, four of them actually came in one game. So if you think about it, they got shut out twice and scored uh, one run in two other games. And so, you know, is it the fact that they're not producing runs? You could look at it that way, but then also they've given up 68 runs in those five games. And so, you know, it, uh, that, that and maybe it could be the inexperience that they have on the field. But, you know, it's a, like I said, it's a young team and uh, they just got to find that identity and uh, start uh, meshing together to uh, get some more runs and get some more defensive stops. Yeah, as, as far as, as their offense, when I was watching their game against Wickenburg, they didn't have any trouble following, uh, you know, signs or anything like that. So they did pretty well. As far as keeping, you know, up with the offense, I think that their problem was that their bats still haven't come alive yet. And when their bats come alive yet, like you mentioned, that they had a game where they went off for four runs, but after that, it's been kind of stagnant and stale. And when you're only putting up single digits, you know, on offense on your end and you're allowing double digits from your opponent, you're never going to win. Um, but um, I, I have faith in the team. I have faith in the coaching staff that they'll be able to to uh, right the ship and get this crew in, into into shape. So where they're winning and and we're we're consistently talking about them winning. But right now, like you said, right now it's it's a case of uh, of missing identity. They're trying to find their leaders. They're trying to find um, their go to people. Um, on defense, they had an excellent third baseman. Uh, Brina Madrid was chopping it up on third base. And any ball that was hit to her, she stopped and and made a play. So she was so impressive that she was getting compliments from the Wickenburg coach. And, you know, they built a good report throughout the game. And I think that was a good thing to see in, in that game as well, was seeing how well they responded to, you know, getting beat by uh, so much. Yeah, and uh, she's only a junior, uh, so she'll be back next year. So that's, you know, uh, you're noticing – uh, which players, you know, are standing out to you. And, and it's not just you, it's uh, the opposing teams as well. So, you know, the, I know Coach Dan's going to get them moving in the right direction. Like uh, like you said, they just got to start clicking, producing a little bit more runs, and and we'll see, We'll see. Uh, you know, what would be the first ones here to report once they get that first win on the season. So, you know, keep your heads up, uh, Lady Bears, and we'll keep uh, cheering you on uh, over here at the Varsity Breakdown. Yes, sir. And now moving on to the neighbors down to the east, the Florence Gophers. On the 15th, they had a really good match against Parker where they ended up winning 21-11 to and then ended up having to play the very next day against a very tough team in Eastmark, and they ended up dropping that game 11-0. to Yeah, you know, it was uh, good to see Florence finally get a, a win under their belt even though they split this week uh i think you know their records now three and ten they were two and nine last week to uh beat a parker team by 10 runs i mean it's good i, I know coming against east mark like we said it's a it's a tough team uh they're going to be very good all year long you know and i wouldn't be surprised if they kind of um are your team to beat in uh, the 3a central but why don't we wrap up the softball portion and end it with the Santa Cruz Dust Devils, what were they looking like this week? Um, this week, they're actually getting ready to play at the Gracie Hot Invitational in Payson. Uh, we wish them the best of luck there. They have a couple of tournament games. I think they actually have three that they're scheduled for. You know what? They ended up having a game uh, last night to open up that tournament against Sholo, and they ended up winning 7-6 uh, to six off a walk-off single by, I hope I'm pronouncing this name right, Eli Velasco. 
Uh, so, you know, they got to win uh, to start off that tournament, and we wish them well the uh, rest of the tournament. And, you know, we'll, uh, we'll be making graphics and stuff like that for uh, the opponents. Unfortunately, I don't believe we have that information right now mm-hmm. on who they're going to be playing uh, today and uh, tomorrow or, you know, the rest of the uh, tournament. Once we find out, we'll definitely uh, put out, uh, that information out for you guys. Absolutely. When it comes to our softball rankings, it's definitely going to be a close eye on Vista and Santa Cruz because both teams are really, really close as far as as their talent and competitiveness. And even if for some reason we got a chance to see them play in the future, which would be really awesome, uh, I think that that would be the ultimate way that we could prove who would be the best team in our Power Six. Yeah, I agree. That would definitely be uh, something cool to see, you know, because like they both seem pretty evenly matched up, even though, you know, uh, Santa Cruz is in 2A and uh, Vista's, I believe, in 4A for softball, right? Correct. And so, you know, it would be some uh, exciting to see. I, I wish these uh, these uh, Pinal County teams, like uh, the ones that we cover, the Power Six, and maybe we're just throwing something out there that they could do in the future. But, like, to see, uh, you know, you have we have two schools that are right in the middle, Coolidge and Florence, who are in 3A. Then you got Santa Cruz and Sequoia below them, and then uh, Vista and Casa Grande above them. It'd be cool to, you know, yeah, I'm sure it would have to be Coolidge and Florence who are going to play these two uh, other four teams. But, you know, just to see some uh, more county competitions, you know, that are closer to home, kind of like your rivalries between Coolidge and Florence, Coolidge and Eloy, and, you know, and uh, Vista and Casa Grande, stuff like that. Yeah, and speaking of Coolidge and Eloy, They'll play against each other on Tuesday, March 29th in Santa Cruz. Also, that'd be something we got to circle on the calendar to get out there and check out. Absolutely, because that would be a good matchup to find out who. But I mean, we we already know that, you know, we have a good sense that Santa Cruz will you know, have the advantage for have sure. The advantage, but we want to see how Coolidge responds to that type of competition because um, Wickenburg, they, they they seemed pretty, you know, pretty sound as far as how they were as a team. They did have a couple of issues. I'm not trying to put them on blast or anything, but they did have a, a couple of issues with, uh, and I wouldn't even call it sportsmanship. I think they were just kind of antsy. Like they're like towards the end of the game when they were already winning by, you know, a big amount, the coach was, you know, telling them to stop, you know, not trying to cause big plays or, or, or do anything. You know, it was a yeah, pretty classic. Yeah. Okay. And, I uh, uh, a player had, you know, overran thir- uh, second base and went to third. And he's like, what are you doing? He's like, stop means stop. He's like, if somebody told you, if you told somebody to stop, would you want them to stop? And then, you know, and she's like, yeah, he's like, okay. So next time remember that she's like, I'm sorry, coach, I just got too excited. He's like, I understand. Great job. You know, see, so there was, you know, he, you know, he was being firm, but at the same time, he was being uh, reassuring that, you know, what she did was okay and that he was just looking for her to listen to him the first time. Ah, gotcha. Well, that, you know, good good on that coach, man, because, you know, there's sometimes, like I said, I think we've had that conversation about football. You know, when is enough enough when running up the score on a team? You know, if it's a rivalry game, do you run up the score? If it's just, you know, a team that, you know, in, in college sense is young, inexperienced, when, when do you call the mercy rule? You know what I mean? So, you know, good on that, Coach, uh, for Wickenburg. That, that, that was some uh, good news to hear. Okay, moving into baseball, let's talk about what happened to Florence. They played against Parker and then blew them out 10-0. to Then the next game. All right, Gophers. Yeah, and then the next day they played a game against Eastmark, which I was luckily able to go to for a little bit. They lost to Eastmark 13-1. to Well, I guess the Eastmark is just doubling down, you know, in the spring sports with baseball and, uh, and softball, you know, uh, you know, but I, hey, like I said, uh, Florence is a, a what about a five hundred team right there. 
Mm-hmm. I believe their uh, record is uh, six and six on the season, uh, splitting this week. And so, you know, they're they're a 500 ball club. And, and, you know, sometimes you can continue that momentum and get a good little stride going. And, you know, I would just like to see them uh, uh, produce a little bit more runs on a consistent basis. They're proving that they can put up runs. Uh, you know, now now uh, you just got to see them uh, do it on a consistent basis and keep it going. Yeah, and last night uh, they played Wickenburg, where they put up 15 runs themselves in a winning effort, where Wickenburg put up 11. They're they're capable of putting up the runs. Yeah, they're capable of putting up the runs, but they're also lacking something uh, on their defense. Um, one thing I noticed whenever uh, I was at the Eastmark game was they're a sound team, but in a sense of being sound, they're also quiet. Like uh, being uh, that we went to the Cougars and Spartans game last night when, you know, the the baseball game, and we saw how active the Cougars dugout was, you know, vocally. Um, it wasn't like that uh, in the Florence dugout. There was actually only a couple of uh, people that were, you know, you know, vocal throughout the game and had, you know, some type of personality. But other than that, it was pretty quiet. And I think that definitely has an effect on the way a team plays baseball. You know, we both played, and it's kind of like you know that when your your team is into it and they're talking and, the, you know, the coaches don't have to uplift the team. They just do it on their own. It's a different vibe out there on the field, and, you know, when you, uh, get, uh, and you're a little bit more comfortable uh, when you go into the batter's box. So, yeah, I, I can definitely uh, see not just Florence, you know, there's other teams that do it as well. But like you said last night in both dugouts, like, yeah, we were more so on the uh, Cougar side of the dugout or I'm sorry, the Cougar side of the field. Um, but at the same time, you could still hear all the uh, Vista Grande um, players uh, talking and chattering it up when their guys were up to bat. And, you know, like I said, it makes a big difference, e- even though the score didn't reflect that, you know, at the end of the day, it was a close game throughout. But like you said, uh, it, it makes a, a world of a difference, and maybe maybe the uh, Florence is a team that they only get live whenever they are uh, winning throughout the games. Maybe whenever they uh, get behind or something like that, it it quiets them down. I don't know. Yeah, because from the jump, Eastmark was actually you know pretty you know on it as far as you know making contact and getting on base. That you know that's what ultimately had them scoring in the first inning and put them up early in the game. I don't believe that they'll have many struggles throughout the season. I think that they'll persevere and end up being one of the better teams in our Power Six as far as baseball. Like, uh, I see them, them, Casa Grande and Vista Grande, all in the same tier now. Until something changes my mind and I see something otherwise, <laughs> you, you those know, I, three I, teams are in the same tier to me. I, I still think um, I, I'll give the nod I don't know. Normally, I'd say our heavy favorite would have been Vista. Mm-hmm. You know, Casa Grande earned some earned some big points uh, last night by shutting them out. You know, I mean, we can dive right into that. I believe that that was the next team we we're going to talk about. Uh, you know, so uh, Casa Grande ended up uh, shutting out uh, Vista, winning four to zero. Uh, and, and like you said, it was a good all around game uh, by both teams. You know, uh, granted, uh, Casa Grande came on uh, later in the game, but for for most of the game, it was zero zero. I think all the way up to the fifth inning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Casa Grande uh, ended up scoring uh, four runs uh, the rest of the game. But the reason I can't give Casa Grande too much credit is because most of those runs were scored off of the pitcher walking. I, I, I believe in that in the one inning they scored uh, the first couple of runs. He must have walked about three or four batters. Yeah, but that, in walking those batters, we both know that, that uh, baseball is a game of... of 
of but, making mistakes. And those mistakes were costly for Vista. But did it show how good Castor Grant really was? Or was it uh, Vista's mistakes that made them look bad? Well, it was definitely Vista's mistakes that, you know, that proved costly and ended up uh, winning Castor Grant the game. But it shows you, like, like you said earlier in, in, in the show, uh, you got to show up and play the game. And, and the Cougars played the game. They ended up playing the game so well that they won. And, because, and, and even though that they did win or they did score on, on a couple of errors, they maintained that lead and didn't allow Vista to, to rally back and win. That's true. Their, their pitching was a strong part of, of them shutting out uh, the Spartans last night. But um, like I said, I, I mean, it, it, it's kind of tough to judge when the score is 4-0 to zero and I believe you only had one earned run. They scored. I believe they scored one run. All uh, no, the pitcher. Four to one. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. You, you're right. The game was four to one. Uh, Vista ended up scoring. I believe in the sixth. Mm-hmm. You know, I apologize for that and not getting the score right. But uh, uh, you know, I know Coach Griggs probably laughing right now because I got that wrong. But anyway, it's hard. It's hard to judge because it's one. Only one run was really earned, and that was uh, the uh, single to left field that drove in a run. But you know, when you walk a, when you have bases loaded, you walk a batter in. Then you have uh, you bring in a new pitcher, and the first pitch is a pass ball. That's another unearned run, and it's kind of like you know, to me it was more so Vista's mistakes. I uh, hope that you know they meet later on. I'm I don't think they play each other the rest of the season, but uh, you know maybe they might catch each other in the playoffs if they're both uh, uh, able to make it. And it'd be cool to uh, see them running back, running it back. But you know, like I said, I. I uh, tip my hats off to the Cougars because, like, you know, at the end of the day, they came in and uh, shut uh, Vista down. Yeah, they did. And it it was tough because, you know, they're both teams of ours. So we're trying to be, you know, as. Oh, yeah, we're we're, going to go back and forth. You know what I mean? You'll see it one way. I'll see it one way. And like I said, it's no no disrespect to the other team that we don't pick or, you know, don't think is favored. But you know what? It it makes for a fun debate. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's good to have uh, somebody on the other side of the mic that we can talk about this stuff. And, you know, we we're not trying to offend anybody or, you know, get anybody upset at us but you know we we just we tell it like we see it like you know what I mean it's to me I think Vista's mistakes cost them in the end you know uh up until that that fifth inning that pitcher was just as dominant as Casa Grant's pitcher I think that Vista more dropped the ball than Casa Grant really showed me that they can be uh uh at the level of all these teams and you know what they proved me wrong yeah and and I'm hoping that this is a good a sign of good things to come for the Cougars. Absolutely. That they can build on this and then be a better team. Because as we were walking away and heading towards the, the Spartans dugout, we heard a bunch of the, the coaches and players say that this is our city. And like we mentioned before, this is a rivalry game. So there's a much more than this than just the seven innings played. So that there's some bragging rights to this. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and they get they get to uh they get to have that pride until football season. Yeah. Well, yeah, they get to hold on to it, you know. And then football season comes around and then we get to see what happens next. But when we'll get to football season when that comes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh but you know what what was cool about seeing this rivalry here is that um you've seen a lot of the players have mutual respect for each other. It wasn't tense in any way. You know, uh a few players did get hit by the ball. One uh one of the Spartans player, I believe got hit in the head in the helmet you know thank goodness he's okay and everything but it's just like but nothing at after that like across from that was really like okay you know what this is getting out of hand you know it was a very very respectful game very mutual you know and i you could even see uh some of uh 
players from both teams, you know, just like dude gets a hit and like, you know, gave him a little little dab and everything like that. And it was just something cool to see. Even, you know, like I said, usually fans can unfortunately make a game very hostile really mm -hmm. really quickly and you didn't see none of that and even um even the umpiring wasn't the best at times but you didn't see uh, or hear a lot of the parents shouting and screaming and you know it, so it was something really cool to see uh especially uh from those two schools which i know they uh love the rivalry uh and having the bragging rights uh to uh walk around casa Grande and know that you're the team to beat yeah but one thing i found extremely odd from both sides was after the game, no one lined up. To Nobody shake hands, huh? shook hands. Nobody said good game. They went to their side. They went to their uh, their field lines and and ran. Mm -hmm. And and to me, I mean, you know, I, I get it. It's a rivalry game, but to me, that was so. It it, it was it was different. It was different. Yeah. It it was so and, weird to watch. Uh, just just so uh, like the games you've been to, you've seen everybody shake hands after the game, right? Yeah. Nothing. For example, let's talk about Wickenburg and uh, Coolidge when uh, I was at the softball game. At the end of their break, Wickenburg, I could hear them saying, one, two, three, Bears. The Lady Bears heard that and they said, one, two, three, Wranglers, which was the opposite cheer. And mm -hmm. you hear that and you're like, oh, man, here comes some shit. Like they're about to, you know, get in, you know, to some stuff. And then, you know, high-fiving each other and they're all smiles and some of them are hugging each other. And I'm like, what is going on? But <laughs> it's just a different culture and and, and, and and obviously two different teams, two different sports, but it, it was, it's just so different. Like when I, I didn't expect that, like that was something that really took me for, for a spin. Yeah. And, you know, I think you had mentioned too that Coolidge, even though uh, the softball team I'm speaking of, uh, even though they were down a little bit or, you know, even though they were losing decisively, they were still highly high spirited and everything weren't hanging their heads or nothing like that. And, mm -mm. you know, that that that's why, uh, you know, seeing what Cass Grant and Vista, you know, not shaking hands and everything. It's like, do those teams really hate each other that much? And we just saw a really clean game or, you know, like or, or is it something more going on there? I mean, we'll probably never find out or, you know, anything like that. But it was just like you said, it was something so surprising because no matter what, Unless, you know, the the game gets out of hand and uh, fans are, you know, starting to make it even crazier of a situation, you're always, you know, you always see the high five and after the game shaking hands and stuff like that. So, yeah, something totally odd to see uh, uh, at the Spartans and uh, Cougars game last night. But, you know, let, let's move on from that. You know, like I said, that was a lot of fun. I uh, wish both teams the best of the luck, but man, it's, it, it would be exciting to see them play again. I, I really can't. I really hope they do. It was, and I can't wait to get out to Vista's next game against Notre Dame Prep. Oh, yeah, I heard of that. Uh, Coach Grigg said that was going to be the one to, to go to right there. Yeah, and speaking of Coach Grigg, that man, that man doesn't age. Like, when we looked <laughs> at him, I swear he was just like, like it was seventh grade all over again. Like, he was going to get mad at me for, for, for missing a ground ball and not turning my homework in on time. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was good to catch up with him a little bit. But uh, who, who's uh, go, uh, the next team on the list? Okay, the next and final team on our list is the Coolidge Bears. They played against Valley Christian in Chandler and lost 17-2. to uh, Ended up coming back two days later to play at home against Wickenburg, where they lost 15-3, to which was a really tough you know game to watch in a sense because at one point I actually was able to get into the dugout at one point I felt uncomfortable in the dugout because they were losing or they, they couldn't get out of that inning. 
they were losing so bad that I was like, man, am I being a distraction in here? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to help by taking photos and stuff like that. But at some point I was like, man, I, it felt so bad. I was like, man, I can't wait to get out of here and then go check on the girls game because it was just so, I felt so bad. Like the, the way that they were playing, it was, it was a complete opposite of the girls softball team. It most definitely was like, and I, I wanted to be a, a, a voice in that dugout to try to get them to cheer up and, 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 and talk a little bit more, but I felt like it was, it wasn't my place to do that. And I, and, and, but that, but see, the thing is, is that Coolidge, I mean, we, we spoke about it on the last episode uh, during the um, alumni game. I didn't hear nothing come out, not even a laugh or anything come out of that dugout uh, during that game, you know, which is, it, it's pretty odd. It's pretty odd to me, uh, you know, that, kids play ball that way like you know and granted yeah they've won a game this year but you know those two losses dropped their record to one six and one and you know it's it's a team that's for one quiet they don't talk and then on top of it if like you said you have a bad inning that you can't get out of who's going to be that voice on that team to get that team going you know it the the craziest part is there's at least you know even if it's a senior it, it could be anybody you know, the, the coaches can only carry you so far as a team. He, they can go out there and play the game for you. You got to take everything they taught you and go out there and play the game. But one of the aspects of it is talking. You know, whether you're telling uh, the pitcher that the runner's stealing, whether you're trying to uh, line up your cutoff man, you know, um, to tell uh, your base runner when to slide. Like, it, that game requires, every game requires talking you know, and communication to be on mm -hmm. the same page. And, like, it makes sense as to why it was so different for you in that dugout compared to watching, you know, the the Lady Bears because they're still inspired. They still, you know, are having a good time. And if you're not having a good time out there and you're not talking, how are you supposed to get out of an inning? And then that, that's, like, uh, that's the awe in me with uh, Coolidge is because – I don't know who's the voice of that team when it comes to those players. Yeah, for real. Like when I was there, even it was difficult to find out who was speaking because at some point it felt like when it was absolutely dead in that dugout and, and the coach would say, Hey, let you know, let's get some, you know, let's get some chirping out there. A kid would say something. Another kid would echo that same, you know, thing like, Hey, let's go 17. Let's go one seven. That's it. And then one thing that I've noticed too, is that there's plenty of reaction to the negativity but there's not really many, uh, you know, congratulations to the to the small wins that could actually end up getting you a win in the in in the long run. Um, like that stuff is totally effective, and that body language is is so easily readable for and, and it rubs me, off. Yeah, and for me as a spectator, I could only imagine what it's like being a player or or even a fan in the stands or a parent in the stands and seeing like, oh man, like you know. The, they're in that funk now. There's no way that they're going to get out of that funk because at one point they won an inning and they, they even mentioned it to themselves like, hey, we won that inning, let's keep going. And then that next inning, it's like maybe they didn't need to say that they won that inning because like it felt like after they said that, they were like, okay, we've, we've, done, we, you know, we've done what we needed to. But the problem was that was the first inning. Yeah. And there was still six more to go. Mm -hmm. and, and Yeah, and like you, you can't have that mentality coming into any sport. You know what I mean? Once you once you get behind, you got to figure out what we're doing wrong to correct it and try to salvage the damage. 
And, you know, like I said, you can attest to this when we played ball. We were behind a lot, you know, our junior and senior years. We were behind a lot, especially our junior year. I think they, you know, some people were calling us the comeback kids because every game we would get behind. Whether it was that team being that good, putting up runs against our pitchers, or us having a bad inning like you just mentioned with uh, Coolidge. Sometimes I would come back and bite us in the butt, but we never gave up. We were always in the game. We were always talking, picking each other up. And, you know, and we were able to come back on a lot of those games we were behind and win some of them. And, you know, if not make it close enough to where we made the other team sweat a little bit. And, you know, I, I, I think that if Coolidge, you know, uh, I know some of the players listened, you know, to the podcast. We have some followers there. We always talk highly of all of our teams and, you know, and we will always do that. But, you know, it, there comes a time where it's like, you know what, there maybe there's things that we notice that they're not noticing themselves. And this is one of them. Communication, picking your teammate up, you know, not showing the other team that you're beat, especially after the first inning or first quarter or, well, you know, whatever sport you play. You can't show that. And especially in high school sports, once a team knows they got you, they're going to go for the throat. And I mean, you know, it, it's unfortunate. And uh, I want I don't know what the exact correct score was for the Eastmark game on uh on Thursday but 22 or 32 to 0 I, I like I said it was 22 to 0 then there was a correction update on Max Preps that was 32 to 0 it's like that, those are games you got to look at and say what are we doing wrong as a team where can we improve and hopefully this is something that yeah it, it crushes a team but you know what they're not the only team who gets beat like that there's teams out in in Tucson that we got to see, uh, you know, play uh, football. Um, what is it, uh, Santa Rita? Mm-hmm. They're a team that is kind of like they have no guidance. It looked like they had no guidance out there. And, you know, whether that was the players, whether that was their coaches, it's like they had no clue. And with Coolidge, it's like they have a lot of experience on the team. They got some really great coaches who uh, put in the time, you know, but you got to figure out what is it that's not clicking what is it that we can do to try to salvage this season to build on something? You know what I mean? Yeah, and it, it might be uncomfortable, but think about what can you change about what you're doing with your approach to help change the way your team is playing? Because the definition of madness is continuing to do the same thing over and over again and, and expect change. And not talking is not going to help you in any way, shape, or yeah, form. And so one thing I'm really, really worried about is this team's chemistry. Like, yeah, these these kids go to school together, but do they hang out together? Are some of them even friends at all? Because like the, like the way they play and the way like some of them cheer each other on, it's tough to tell if they're actually friends. Because like, or they, they got each other's back. Yeah, know? because like it it's I just maybe it's like like you said the lack of, lack of communication, but I just don't hear it. I don't I don't see the chemistry there that would that would that would give me the the faith in saying like yeah this this team could be okay in the future. Uh, you know what? Better yet, I'm not going to say that's what I want to see. You know, I know, like we said, there's uh, players on that team that listen to this. I challenge you to step up and be the leader on your team. Wh- whoever it is, we ain't got to know. Start talking. Start getting on your team's butt for not talking. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't have to boil down to where the coach is constantly having to tell you guys what to do. At this this uh, stage of uh, ball play, you have to want it just as bad as your coaches. And, you know, so I challenge any of you guys that are listening to go out and communicate with your team, get your team talking 
and see if anything can possibly change. Because I say, if you don't start there, then you're never going to click ever. That, nope. That's just my take on it. And, you know, like I said, uh, I, I hope uh, Coolidge writes the ship and and can get, uh, you know, back on a, a winning track. And, you know, because like I said, it's, uh, they're just a couple wins away from getting something going. But, you know, if you don't have the confidence, if you're not willing to talk, then, you know, uh, it's going to be a long season. So, like I said, I wish them the best of luck and I hope they get it turned around because I, I want to see those kids uh, enjoying uh, playing ball and and being able to uh, have a especially the seniors, you know, being able to have a, a good end to, uh, you know, their career, uh, high school careers. And it's kind of like help your brother out. You yeah, know, this is like the last hurrah for them before they actually take that walk, you know, for the for the lat when, uh, for, for the, the future. quote unquote last time yeah. in that in that uh, in that school. So help them help them have a fond memory of that season and and no not you know winning isn't everything we we know that but at the same time it's fun to win it's fun to win it's fun to win and to 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 share that feeling with your classmates with your teammates and that's what I think that we're missing is is in in that group especially is being teammates we got plenty of players on that team but we need teammates mm-hmm. we need people that 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 are dedicated to each other, that even though that they're down themselves, they're not going to let the next person get down because they're, they're dealing with the struggle. They're mm-hmm. going to lift them up. And, and that type of energy reciprocation that, like you said, that's what we uh, dealt with as players. Like we, we were, I don't know, we, we were different, man. Like we would, we weren't scared to talk. And we, we were to the point like where our coaches would be like, Hey, that's enough. I think it's probably because we couldn't talk in class. <laughs> no, nah, nah, but you know what? Like I said, it's a different um, day and age when it comes to communication. Pe- I mean, people don't really don't regularly talk on the phone, mm-hmm. you know, but you expect them, you know, to cl- uh, click on the field and communicate. And it's like, hey, like I said, I challenge you guys. I know you guys can get back and get yourself a couple wins and start something, you know, good uh, uh, to uh, hit the halfway point of the season. So, you know. Take that challenge, embrace it, and you know what? Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong that you guys can't go out there and communicate and talk on the field because that's that's all I want to see. You know, at least then I know that they're putting forth an effort, and then uh, at the end of the day, you still got to play the game. Somebody got to win, somebody got to lose. If you're at least doing that, you you might uh, see something change. Mm-hmm. Try your best to make sure that whatever you're doing, you're putting that uh, that ball in play, and you're making the best of your contact. Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, we'll, we'll leave it right there. You know, we'll, we'll come back next week, uh, see, see what Coolidge does, uh, you know, the, this upcoming week. And, um, but moving on, being that we're finally in the spring season, we wanted to uh, talk about something that is why we started this whole thing in the first place. Yes, it's about getting these uh, student athletes more exposure in this uh, small community. But at the same time, there's no way they can get to that next level and be a athlete, a collegiate athlete without doing it in the classroom first. And so one of the big things we wanted to talk about, because graduation is nearing, you know, May is just a couple months away. We want to talk about academics and how important uh, they play when you are a student athlete. I want to know, why do you think some students put athletics above academics? It's it's all about uh, what what makes them feel good. Um, when you're on the field, you're you're having a lot more fun because you're out and about. And and we know that not everybody's the same. Some people are more comfortable are more comfortable inside than than others. Others like being outside. 
And some people get uncomfortable in a classroom setting. They don't like that. They don't like that type of challenge. Their challenge is best found, you know, on grass or, or in, on a playing field. Um, I, I can't really tell you why someone would outweigh one more than the other, but I know that student is the first part of student athlete. And if you can't perform in the classroom, that's going to hold you back, not only on the field, but everywhere else. Um, yeah, you might you might get the pass of having a teacher that's a, a, a football fan, a basketball fan, a baseball fan that will let you slide. So that way you maintain eligibility, because let, let's be let's be real. We, we've had to deal with that in the past when we were when we were in school. Absolutely. And, and we're not going to turn a blind eye to it because we know it happens. We we've seen it happen. But at the same time, we also know that there's there's also star athletes out there that are doing it the most in the classroom and on the field to try to better themselves, to get to the next level and just be a better person in general. Oh, absolutely. I think one of the uh, you know, there's a lot of awards you can win for being an athlete player of the year, offense, defense, player of the year, you know, first team, honorable mention, and so on. But I think out of all those awards, the one that's most meaningful to me when I look at those names of those Pinal County athletes that made all academic honors team, you know, that goes to show you that, like you said, they're getting it done both in the classroom and on the field. And, you know, to be honest, and uh, we're going to be as honest as possible about this, because, like I said, we started this to bring exposure to these athletes. But also we want these athletes to be able to perform at their highest levels, not only on the field, but in the classroom, you know, as you stated, because not everybody's going to get a full ride somewhere. You know, not everybody as far as uh, academic scholarship, you you may get a partial scholarship and have to figure out how you're going to pay the rest. Well, you know what? If you get good grades and you try your best in school right now, you're going to get any scholarship that you want because there's plenty. There's what thousands, if not by now, millions of scholarships that are so easy to apply for every single person. And I think that I, I would like to see not not that I think I would like to see as many of these student athletes in our power six be on that because it's gonna. It's something that you can show to college scouts. Like, hey, look at my GPA. Not only am I a badass wide receiver, but look, I get it done in the classroom too. And that, and that's just another thing added to your resume as to why they should give you a full ride rather than a partial one, because, or just even a look in general. Because, yes, exactly, exactly. Because, because that's so the biggest many thing. Talented kids out there, especially like the, the. Let's be honest with these high school kids right now. You guys are at a disadvantage. The way that the transfer portal works right now, those kids get the most attention. Yep. So our goal right now is to not necessarily put you in the same level as, uh, uh, or put you in the same category as those student athletes or those collegiate student athletes in the transfer portal, but we want to put you at, at a position where if you want to take your game and education to the next level, we want to help you with that. Yeah. And like I said, I wouldn't say we want, we, you know, we want them to get there mm -hmm. because it, you guys are the ones who have to go into that classroom, do the homework, take the test, you know, and we were both high school students. We both played sports. You know, I, I know that I gave a better effort out on the football or baseball field than I did, you know, in the classroom at times. I can be honest about that, you know, and, but the way I look at it is, I didn't have the opportunities that some of these athletes are gifted with. Some of them are born like that, that they're just naturally gifted. And some of them bust their butt to get in a, a position to compete with those guys. But, you know, at the end of the day, 
you can have that guy who's a four-star, five-star caliber athlete, and he's not going to get it done in the classroom. They'll go down a star and pick the guy who's getting it done with the grades Mm -hmm. because they can trust you to do it both in the classroom and on the field or on the court, uh, you know, depending on the sport. But It goes further than just numbers and letters on, on a report card. It's about reliability and, and accountability. And that's and, and as much as it sucks, those numbers and grades matter. And that's exactly what colleges, employers, all of them are looking for. They're all trying to make sure that you can work up to a, a set standard and not only just work up to that set standard, but excel at that. And that's what people are looking for, people who excel at what they do, not people who do just okay at what they do. Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, uh, th- this would be a, like – a great opportunity to bring in uh, two really close guys that, uh, you know, we know that have played not only at the collegiate level, but at the professional level as well. You know, a couple of them being uh, Seth Ellis and Cody Barber. You know, I know Cody's uh, down in uh, New Mexico right now, yep, uh, actually getting ready for his game to de- uh, tonight. You know, so, uh, you know, good luck to you, Cody. But, uh, you know, those are two guys that, you know, that have played at uh, each level and they know how hard it is. I mean, I think you were uh, talking to Seth not too long ago, and uh, you mentioned to me that he said, you know, it, it's a different sense of uh, accountability in the collegiate level, and it's a different sense of accountability when you're at the uh, professional level. So, you know, great grades play a big factor into how far you want your athletic career to go how high you're willing to see it go and like I said even if you start off at a JUCO you know or a D3 school like you said the transfer portal is so hot right now that if you're getting it done on the field and collegially in the classroom you might get a few opportunities to play D2 D1 where you want where you want to be everybody wants to be there so and like you mentioned those two student athletes that you mentioned before um, those two great athletes but also not slouches in the classroom. And and that's what people have to uh, not uh, fall into that old school mentality of a meathead and a nerd. There's a possibility that a person might actually just be both. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and that's not calling either one of those two meathead nerds. But those two guys are smart individuals. And we give props to Cody and Seth for going out there and doing their thing. And, and making continue it as far to chase as, their dreams. Exactly. And doing doing it their way. Yeah. And, you know, but like I said, uh, I challenge all of you guys. I mean, man, it's to me, I think it's a lot easier than students might think to at least maintain a 3.0, maybe a 2.75. I'll give them that. But you know what? To me, it's not that hard to at least maintain that. And you will be surprised if you're not getting offers now because your grades are so low. Imagine just a little bit amount of the doors you're going to open if you put forth just a little bit of effort, because it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. I mean, I'm still realizing that as a college student right now, you know, uh, some there's some days, you know, I'm I'm married. I got two kids. I'm doing the varsity breakdown. I'm uh, helping uh, with Arizona preps and, you know, different things like that. There's a lot on my plate. But at the end of the day, I know where uh, what I got to do, where my responsibilities lie. And sometimes I don't want to do it. But at the end of the day, I know it's like, you know what? Let me just challenge myself to get the best grade I can possible in this class. And, you know, like, yeah, I could easily be uh, half-assing what I do in, in, the, in a classroom. But, you know, I've waited 12 years to get to this point and I, I can't waste it no more. If I want to get to where I want to go, 
I got to put forth the effort and I challenge you guys to do the same because like I said, it's not that hard just to read a little bit, do a couple assignments, uh, you know, a day. And next thing you know, you got no lower than a B. I guarantee it. Challenge yourself. Anything easy isn't going to be worth it in the long run. Yeah, because you know what? And, and the way I'll put it in a sports mentality, when you're sitting there uh, playing football and you're uh, trying to max out on your bench press, are you going to half-ass it uh, because you uh, got to your goal weight or do you want that goal to get higher? You're going to max out. You're going to keep going. Exactly. And you know what I mean? It, and the same goes in the classroom. If if you're going to settle for you know a 75 on every single assignment, you wouldn't do that. Uh, you know, you wouldn't do that in the sport uh, you choose to play. So why why do that in everything you do in your life? Yeah, you wouldn't settle for just a first down instead of a touchdown. You'd want the touchdown. Exactly. So you know, like I said, we we're big on academics. You know, that's the, one of the biggest reasons. Like you know, not only do we feel that uh, these student athletes uh, don't get the exposure they deserve, but you know, there's some student athletes on these teams that are both going above and beyond and not just in the classroom, but in the community as well, you know, in their respective community. It's like, man, it's, you know, interesting to see how people take all, take all of this in, you know, and I hope it sparks uh, some people to, Hey, you know what, maybe I do need to step it up a little bit. You know, maybe I do need to just chase my academic goals and, you know, raise them a little bit higher. Cause like I said, you ain't nobody going to settle for less on the field or in the court. So I, you know, don't do that in the thing that's actually even more important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, I'll, uh, I'll leave that one right there, man. I think we both got our points across and it's, uh, it's something that's near and dear to our heart. You know, we just want to see, uh, these student athletes be the best students that they can and be the best athlete that they can, because they're already proven that to us. They're, they're great athletes. And, you know, there's great students too. just challenge yourself. And you, you never know how, how high your ceiling can go. Definitely. Yeah. And speaking of high ceilings with great athletes, let's give a great shout out to these student athletes who have either signed or committed to colleges to take their games to the next level. Let's start off with Coolidge, uh, Augie Chang and Denzel Glass Glass are moving on uh, to the Dakotas, actually, both to different schools. Um, Augustine is going to uh, Dakota State Mm -hmm. and um, Denzel uh, will be going to the University of Jamestown. Uh, You know, good luck. Congratulations to you both. And, you know, we can't wait to see what you do at the next level and, you know, make Coolidge proud. Uh, We're uh, we're proud of you guys and we... uh, We'll be watching you guys, so don't be afraid to hit us up every now and again. Let us know how that snow is treating you guys. Yep, and and speaking of snow, we actually got to run into Angel the other night at the Casa Grande Vista game, and he seems to be in good spirits, and that snow seems to help, you know, uh, Give him some more, you know, pep in his step now. Oh, yeah, yeah, most definitely. I can't imagine living in the snow right now. But also, uh, we also had... Uh, D committed D, to D, Upper Iowa. Uh, D from Casa Grande. Uh, he's another one. Upper Iowa will be spending uh, his winters in the snow as well. You know, I don't know if the heat is that bad here where all these, uh, you know, all these players are like, you know what the hell with it? We're going to the snow. Well, if you ask Coach Wood... The, the strength and uh, conditioning coach for Casa Grande, he said, you're going to learn when you get out there. You're oh, yeah. There. <laughs> big shout out to coach, man. But and, and staying on Casa Grande, let's give another big shout out to our guy, Anthony Flores, who's going on to Western New Mexico University, taking his talents with the Mustangs. And then they, we, we can't forget about the trio that's going to be livening up our local um, junior college scene. And they're going to be playing for the same team, Aiden Castillo. 
Zion Gomez and Jake Sylvester will all be playing for the Salt River Scorpions. Jake and Zion will be signing and committing on the same day. And uh, March 30th? Yes, yeah, okay. 30th. And uh, Aiden already committed and signed it. And being at his ceremony was great. And, and seeing everybody there and seeing how big his family was and how just full of energy that room was of just being positive towards Aiden and and even though the colors on the table were black and gold and, and, <laughs> and, you know, it is a blue and gold, you know, school, they were happy to see him move forward with his career and, and just go on to the next level and then wish him well. Um, and then let's not forget, speaking of black and gold, our lady in black and gold, Jayla Scott recently inked, you know, to play her college future with the Vaqueras at Central Arizona. So big congratulations to you all. We couldn't be any more proud of all you and if we happen to forget you right now please forgive us it is it is kind of early right now for us in the morning but we're going to do our best to get this out to you by this afternoon and if yeah just just tag just tag him don't tag me uh what you can call it uh he was supposed to get all those now i'm just kidding uh but uh yeah no if we forgot you guys man just shoot us a shout out we're definitely gonna acknowledge you guys uh on the next episode because like i said i don't plan on these being the only commits that we're gonna hear about you know i intend to see a lot more in the power six and you know like i said it like we've always said there's talent out here you know college coaches come and give these kids a look because you know, they got something special going on here in Pinal County. And like I said, it, it it not only is in this power six, it's all throughout Pinal County. I will always preach that is uh, one of the hidden gems of the state of Arizona for amazing players that just go unnoticed. It is. And then what, what's going to be great is when we get the opportunity to expand and then shed a bigger light on the entire county. But right now, I feel like we're doing uh, as, as good as we can, and, and that, that growth is all that we can hope for in the future. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely agree. And, you know, um, man, it's it's been a great show. I think one of the deepest shows we've had, you know, uh, going into uh, depth on uh, certain issues, uh, certain things we uh, want to challenge uh, these uh, student athletes with, and, you know, and bringing some great recognition to uh, these uh, uh, signees and um players who've committed uh, to these uh, colleges. So, you know, like I said, congratulations once again. It's been a pleasure, bro. Uh, episode 10, crazy. I, uh, you know, I don't even know what to say sometimes anymore about how far we've come with this. And, you know, like it all goes back to these student athletes, these coaches and these schools for and communities, of course, for always supporting us. So thanks again, guys. And I'll leave it there. Loop, you got any last words? Take it easy.